0: Welcome to uh, Talking Jacks. I guess this is an extra extra. I don't really know what to call it here, but we are uh, welcomed by Charlotte Independence goalkeeper Brandon Miller. Uh, thank you for taking some time to out of your schedule to uh, do this interview. Appreciate
1: you uh, taking the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. I know it's we've been uh, you know going back and forth with the schedules, but I'm glad we finally got it on the books and we're all able to sit down and talk a little bit.
2: Yeah, so one of the things we kind of, we just want to introduce you, um, I know some fans might be new, uh, you know, especially some of those fans from across the pond, so they may not know much about you, so why don't you give us a little bit of your background, uh, we know that you grew up in Charlotte, um, and, and you know, that kind of thing, I've got your Wikipedia page pulled up, like, but if you'd kind of just give us a, a brief introduction to who you are.
1: So, um, I, was, I was born in Ohio, um, so I, I guess... I say I'm from Charlotte, but you know I was born in Ohio. lived there for six, seven years, uh, so I, I still have those Ohio roots. Um, I was back there in December, and it was nice to be home for a little bit, see all my family. But uh, born in Ohio, grew up in Charlotte for for most of my life. went to went to middle school, high school here, uh, graduated from from Country Day, and and went on to play college soccer at UNC Wilmington. Um, had a had a pretty good three and a half years there. I uh, went ahead and. And decided I wanted to continue playing soccer, so I, I took an offer to go play in Rochester, New York, for the Rochester Rhinos. And was there for four four up and down years, but I, I enjoyed the time there, so I can't complain too much. And then from there, I've been around a little bit, went out to Orange County and played a year, was in Harrisburg for a year. And now, back home in Charlotte, just finished up my first season with the Independence, and, and you know, heading into 2019, going to be year number two. Cool. Yeah, I, I
0: hear um, that you may have won some awards and, and gotten some some trophies when you were in Rochester. Tell us a little bit about um, that season, and I guess the process of when you started with Rochester and, and built to uh, that championship
1: season. I guess. Oh yeah. I mean, it's it's an interesting story. I guess. I mean, at least from my perspective, seeing. How I went into Rochester, uh, yeah, I signed as a backup. I knew as a rookie I probably wasn't going to play a lot. Um, and then they ended up signing a guy who's, was, who was pretty experienced. Um, played in Germany, top division, top two two divisions in Germany. Played in, I think, uh, somewhere in Scandinavia as well. Um, so, yeah, he was pretty experienced, uh, a good goalkeeper. And so I was stuck behind him for the first two years of my career. I played, I think, four games my first two years and then ended up getting injured my in the in the middle of the second season, um, didn't have surgery until the off season uh, of that second year. And so, going into my third year, I was out of contract, new coach, um, coming off an injury, still wasn't you know healed when I'm going to preseason. But you know, I had to had to earn a contract. So I went into I went into preseason my third year. Ended up earning my contract, but I was stuck you know as a number three uh, behind uh, you know goalkeeper from MLS and a young kid who had. Who uh, my coach would like coming out of college, and so uh, my first three years I played four four games, and it wasn't really what I was looking for, what I was thinking my career was going to be uh, coming out of college. So I was kind of at a crossroads, like I wanted to. I was trying to decide do I want to continue playing, do I want to move on. Um, but I kind of, you know, I just kept thinking I haven't really gotten the opportunity to prove myself fully, and I want, you know, I want to get to that point and see, you know, maybe I'm not good enough for this, and so. Uh, but I, I won't know unless I try. So I gave it, you know, I gave it another year. Um, I was actually looking to come back to Charlotte after that 2000, I guess that was 2014 season. Um, but I was under contract in, in Rochester and my coach, you know, didn't want me to leave. So, um, I went back up to Rochester. Um, and I ended up, you know, there's a, there's a lot of things that went into it. Interestingly enough, um, Me starting in 2015, Um, you know, they signed a a young kid and they signed another goalkeeper with a lot of experience and the plan was for him to start. But through, you know, paperwork issues and whatnot, I ended up starting the season doing well and uh, the team was doing well and, you know, changes weren't really necessary. And so the season went on. I did better. The team did better. And we ended up, you know, having a great season, winning a championship. Uh, I won goalkeeper of the year first team all league that you know that was obviously one of the most successful years of my career and um it definitely you know helped helped my confidence and helped my career uh go in a different direction
2: yeah that's awesome I know you know that was kind of the springboard that kind of got you like you said you were thinking about walking away from the game in 2000 at the end of 2014 and then the next year you're the goalkeeper of the year uh that's a pretty awesome story I think well, uh, I appreciate you you know giving us a little bit of a brief background, but we're going to jump way ahead now to uh, what you're up to now. Uh, I know you just started uh, Maximum Soccer. That's a new organization that you're uh, partnering with. Uh, uh, is it Phillip Pool, the former goalkeeper yes. coach? Yeah. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that and Prime Focus, your your co- other company.
1: Okay. Well, Maximum Soccer was. Uh was an idea coach pool came to me basically at the end of this season this past 2018 season um and you know basically just showed me around the facility and was like do you want to be involved and you know I was standing in the facility and I was just thinking about all the possibilities and I was like yeah I definitely want to be involved um I mean obviously I had prime focus goalkeeping was my technically my first business um and I just I enjoy building things, um, from the ground up like that. And so, uh, I felt confident that with his connections within the soccer community, um, and you know, the experience I've had so far building a business with prime focus, um, I felt like we could be pretty successful. And I think it's, it's something that the soccer community wants needs. And, and with our backgrounds, I think we can provide them a service that, um, is is quality, um, and it will help young players develop. So um, the facility is is it's going well right now. We we have uh, you know expansion plans that are pretty aggressive, but the the focus right now is to to make this place as as best as good as possible, and um, you know go from there. Um, so that's maximum soccer, um, and then in terms of prime focus goalkeeping, I mean that's that grew out of. Um, basically me wanting to, to start something of my own. Um, I had, it's, I had been with, I, in 2016 after when I, when I moved out to Orange County, I signed a deal with another glove company. Um, they paid me well, they gave me as many gloves as I wanted. The deal was great, but I just found myself, you know, wanting more out of the partnership, um, more for myself. And so I was like, if, if they're not going to do it for me, why, why don't I do it myself? Um, and so I wanted to I wanted to figure out a way where I could affect goalkeepers um, in more than just you know coaching them or talking to them um, because you know it's we sell gloves we sell merchandise but we also have a blog we have the video channel we have podcasts we do interviews and those are mainly to help goalkeepers. Um, in their path in their journey towards whatever it is where they want to be a college goalkeeper where they want to be a professional goalkeeper Um, and i do that because i look back at my career and see some of the mistakes i made both in high school and college in the professional game and i'm like how do i get other goalkeepers to avoid these mistakes and hopefully be more successful than i've been um and so it's it's just a way for me to affect more goalkeepers, more youth players than simply being a professional soccer player and signing an autograph after a game. So um, it's we've been going for about a year and a half now, um, and things are going well. I've got, again, big expansion plans for 2019 um, that I'm excited about, working on some things right now, both with the podcast, um, on the, on the apparel side, glove side. So you know, stay tuned for that. Nice. Yeah, it's it's
0: interesting. It kind of feels like you are sort of a uh, an entrepreneur, which is it's really cool to see the growth of that. I've, I've definitely listened to your I want to say a lot of the the episodes of the podcast. So it's been really interesting to see the the background and the mentality of uh, different keepers and things like that. Um, specifically with um, maximum soccer, what, what was um, one of the main things that motivated you to to become a part of the facility? Um, and, and, what do you think you bring to the table as far as, um, growing a, a goalkeeper or that type of thing in the facility?
1: Uh, I just think that it's hard. I won't say it's hard. I just don't think that in terms of development, individual development, um, from my limited experience in youth soccer, cause you know, I've, I've coached in youth soccer here and there, but I haven't fully been immersed in it. Um, but Recently, I've been working with the youth soccer club, and being back in Charlotte, I have youth soccer ties, so I've been around other youth soccer clubs. I just don't know that the individual development is where I would want it to be for my kid um, when when they when they hopefully get to that stage where they want to play sports. Um, and so, I want to provide you know something a little different than than simply going out to team practice and you know hoping that in within that team practice with 15 20 other players that they're getting the touches they need the the coaching they need the development they need uh so we try to provide something different where it's kind of focused on individual players small groups where you can get a lot of touches you can fully develop in in an environment that's both challenging you and you know is we're giving you instruction on what you need to improve on um i'm sorry i forgot the second part of that question
0: no that that definitely answered it all-encompassing, what I was curious about there.
1: Um, where is it located again? We're in Fort Mill, South Carolina, so we're just on the edge of Pineville and Fort Mill. It's about yeah. five, ten minutes from Ortho Carolina Sportsplex and uh, Carolina Place Mall. So it's a, it's a, it's a smaller location right now, but our, our aim is to, to get into a larger facility where we can definitely do a lot more than um, right now. It's mainly individual, small group stuff, um, but we want to you know evolve into a lot more than just um what we're doing right now
0: gotcha and is there a i think you you kind of answered this a little bit but is there a specific youth club that you you're partnered with or you coach or or what is your impact as far as a a local youth club goes
1: uh we maximum soccer is not partnered with any youth club because we i mean our focus isn't on you know developing for a club our focus is on simply developing players um you know we want to focus on their first touch their passing their awareness their movement things like that um and if that helps a youth club great but we want to improve youth soccer as a whole the players as a whole and like i coach for a youth club but i don't you know we don't aren't affiliated with that youth club our our aim right now like we within our facility we work with I mean, off the top of my head, at least six different youth clubs or uh, well, not youth clubs, but players from six different youth clubs. Uh, so it's not just about, hey, we want to work with CSA players so we can make CSA better. You know, we want to work with youth players to make youth soccer in Charlotte better. Gotcha.
0: So it's definitely more of a a wide scope than a, a personal youth club. It sounds like, is that right? Right, right, right. Gotcha. Definitely makes sense. Um, as far as, uh, the podcast specifically, what is your, your aim for that? As
1: far as, uh, all, all things considered, honestly, I just like talking, um, <laughs> and, and that people will say that's not true. Cause I am, I tend to be very quiet, but when it comes to something like goalkeeping, I'll talk about it all day. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, when I'm watching a soccer game, I'm enjoying the soccer game, but I'm analyzing the goalkeeper's performance, trying to see what they're doing, how I can help my game, how I can analyze and see what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Um, and I feel like with I, I see on social media all the time just various opinions on, on little things from a goalkeeper's performance or training sessions, things like that. So I just want to further the discussion. I just want to talk about it because I like I find myself I found myself in in 2018. Um, Joel Tyson, the former goalkeeper coach for the independence, we would have discussions about different things all the time. He would walk in and say, hey, did you see this from the game on the weekend, you know, a Man United game or something like that. And we're having a discussion about, oh, should he have done this? Should he have done that? So I know those conversations happen every single day in every single locker room and so why not put those conversations out there especially for people who don't understand the position as well as someone who plays or someone who coaches I mm. think that those discussions are huge so that they can better understand you know not everyone has the same opinion but better understand how the position works yeah
0: I think that's really important because I, I mean I'll admit I I try to like get in the head of a keeper understand why they did this or why they did that or it's it's hard to it's got to be the toughest position on the field to really understand what's going through their, their head in those moments, especially just there's so many different scenarios that's going to happen with a keeper. So I I think it's really cool. You're doing that and and shedding some light on that, uh, the background of what a keeper does. And just, I have really enjoyed the stories uh, that you've been telling and and the conversations you've been having. So uh, listen to his podcast. It's, it's very
1: good. Um, And I mean, on top of that, as well as having a discussion about goalkeeping, it's, it's simply like, I feel like, fans don't get to know players as well as they should um and i yeah i noticed that when i moved out to orange county where i when i was in rochester i got to know three to four families really well and that's just Mm. really well like i knew i knew plenty of fans like they they were coming to games to see me to see the guys that they know on the team not just to see you know the team play and so i i like to build those relationships and i feel like it's hard for fans to do that when they don't know players' stories, when they don't understand how players got there. You, you, everyone thinks that, you know, you, you look at goalkeepers in MLS or field players in MLS, you think that they, you know, they just had an easy path to get there. And there's not very many players who have that. And so I want people to understand how they got there. These players are human. They've been through ups and downs, but they persevered. And, and I think a lot of those stories are motivational.
2: Yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects of USL too. Is like, you know, even more so than any other sports that I follow. Like, I feel like we get a, a, gen, a more genuine connection with the individual players. Like, and you're you're one of the better ones about, you know, reaching out. Um, and I love I love seeing the conversations you have with uh, Im and Zayed about goalkeeping. Uh, you you really wind him up on Twitter, and it's hilarious.
1: Oh, I had to. I had to hold back today. I had one today that uh, I was kind of like. I was like, you know, I just can't. I'm too busy for to handle. You know, the Twitter storm right now. But I I guess sometimes I like to wind him up. But again, that's a that's a different viewpoint um, that I like to have a conversation about. Because like he, you know, he's a bit of a contrarian in terms of he doesn't like his goalkeepers to play out of the back everything's safe and you know you look at the modern game today where a lot of it is goalkeepers are turning more into field players with their feet in terms of they have to be good with passing splitting defenders uh, composure on the ball and it's interesting to see someone like that who is saying no that's not how i want it you know sending up the field be safe so uh, that's that's a discussion i'd love to have um with him i'd love to sit down with him and have that discussion i may (laughs) have him on the podcast
2: yeah, well, speaking of, uh, you know, conversations with Irishmen, uh, ha- when did you hear first about the, the, the announcement that um, we hired Jim McGinnis as our new head coach? Uh,
1: I, I mean, I heard it at the same time you guys did. Uh, woke up on Friday morning and saw a tweet, and it kind of just rolled on from there. Um, you know, I. It's, it's. we talk about business, you know, everyone runs – That's if there's one thing I've learned um, in the past two years from running maximum soccer, running prime focus goalkeeping. Not everybody runs business the same way. Um, so I can't – you know, I was upset about it. I, I felt like as a player who's under contract for next season, I should have known about it, but that's, that's not my decision. Um, so my focus is going into preseason and, and being in the best shape I can be in and being as sharp as possible and that everything else will, you know, roll on from there
2: gotcha we have a question we have a couple of listener questions from um our friend matt you may know him as bow round and round he's pretty active on twitter um he wants to know how you made that save and what he's talking about is the uh the diving save you made against the rowdies um it was like a header from like three yards in front of you uh towards the end of the season
1: um well i'll I'll take you through the thought process actually so it was two one at a time um, and they had, I think it was probably like 15 minutes earlier, they had scored on a header, and I felt like I hadn't done well enough in terms of being able to shift back to my to the other side, because um, I kind of anticipated him heading it one way, and he went the other way. Um, so I remember thinking, like, when that ball got played across, I was like, just stand up, and, and hopefully he hits it somewhere, you can make a save. Um, and luckily enough, his header wasn't far, far enough in the corner, so... And I was able to react and get a finger on it. But um, it was just about me. I didn't want to, you know, at that time of the game, I didn't want to get beat again, kind of get caught leaning or guessing. So I just tried to stand up as much as possible. And, and, you know, I made the save. Mm. How much do you think, because I would think
0: as as a a fan, it kind of comes down to just being confident in that moment. And and like you kind of said, moments before they had scored on a header. So just being sure yourself and, is is that does that come into play with that, or how, how does that end up working?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that's a lot of goalkeeping. Um, mm. Confident in your position, confident in your hands. I mean, you see a lot of goalkeepers. One of my biggest pet peeves is when announcers shout, "Oh, there's absolutely nothing the goalkeeper could have done about it." And you know, I feel like most of the time that's not true. And a lot of it is mainly goalkeepers get caught leaning and they get caught guessing. Um, their positioning's just not where it should be. So once you look at a goalkeeper who's playing well, and um, you'll notice that it's, it's an air of confidence. Um, they're confident in their position. They're, you know, they're they're not really guessing, like trying to trying to get into an attacker's head. They're just simply forcing them to beat them. Um, and that's what you have to do as a goalkeeper. You, you have to be confident and force a field player to, to beat you. And more times than not, they they won't. Um, mm. But it, it's all about that confidence.
0: Gosh, gotcha. interesting. Um, this is another question from uh, Matt TW on Twitter. Uh, what is something that the average fan doesn't know about life as a professional athlete?
1: Um, what that they don't know about life as a professional? Um, I I would just say mentally, it's it's draining. Um, it's it, the, don't get me wrong, I enjoy. Getting up every day, going to training, competing, but you know you hit June, July, and um, you know your body's tired. Um, the travel—that's um, when the the season really starts to pick up in terms of Wednesday, Saturday games, and you know mentally, you, you kind of got to you have to stay tuned in. Um, you have to take care of your body. You have to eat right. You have to do all these little things that are going to help you um stay prepared for for the next practice session the next game and it's not just a lot of people think it's just the games like it's it's everything and that happens before the games that helps you perform a game so it's it's a lot it's a lot mentally um and that's why i like i like to see a lot of uh, more more now than than ever players talking more about the mental side of the game and it's how it's it's affecting them and the mental struggles that they have because i mean just like any other person any other job you know you you go through mental struggles. Um, I myself have had them and um, I continue to battle with them and it's, it's not something that's easy, but it's the job we chose and it's what you have to deal with.
0: Very good. That, that was a good answer. So thank you.
2: I have a question. Um, it's kind of old news now, but uh, back when the uh, players association was kind of announced and all that, uh, you seem to be one of the people who was like really excited about it. Um, at least based on, you know, the reaction online uh, do you have any like plans or desire to kind of work with the executive committee who's gonna try to uh, get started on the negotiations next off season?
1: That's a very interesting question um simple simple answer no <laughs> um, and I will tell you why um so i'm i'm i mean I, as you as we spoke about i've you know i have multiple things going on, but in the beginning of the process, I was I was heavily immersed in it, Uh, you know, I was doing, I was making calls to other players on other teams, sending out emails, trying to get everyone connected, Um, and then, you know, communication kind of broke down between myself and a couple of the other um, guys who were leading the charge, Um, and then I got so much on my, other things on my plate, and it kind of just, next thing I knew, you know, things were happening, so, uh, you know, I wish them all the best. I, I obviously, this is something I've I've been talking about this and putting the wheels in motion since 2000, since since uh, the middle of the Orange County season. Um, mm. But uh, it's just not something that I'm as I won't say as passionate about anymore. It's just not something that I feel like I need to be a part of anymore. Um, I you know I fully support them in whatever they need in terms of uh, massive players, I'm going to be there and supported, it, um, but I'm not going to, um, you know, take a, a leading role because I have leading roles and other things right now that that just need my attention.
2: Gotcha. No, I appreciate you expounding on that a little bit. Um, I know that that's a topic that a lot of people are maybe brushing over uh, just because it came out kind of <laughs> early after the season and now everybody's getting into preseason, but I think that's something that's really awesome. Uh, that we've I think a lot of fans have been calling for it you know for a for a few years now and um, we're excited to see you know the players get uh, get what they deserve in terms of you know fair and equal treatment and all that kind of thing so
1: yeah I mean it's definitely not something we can forget about Um, I know that I know that the players are diligently working um, to get this done and and it's definitely something that's long been necessary And so I'm glad it's finally happening. Um, And, you know, like I said, I wish them all the best. I I don't see – I don't think it's going to really affect my career um, as I don't see myself playing, you know, six, seven years down the line as I – but who knows? Um, But I I – that's the the reason I wanted to start it was because I wanted the future generations to have um, an opportunity. I just knew too many players who were retiring earlier, not even getting started just because – it, there weren't the you know, they weren't getting paid. Well, health benefits weren't there. Um, it was just a, a lot of lack of professionalism that um, hopefully this union will fix.
2: All right. Uh, we have a couple more questions. Uh, this one is from Charles. Um, he's asking, what do you think the future looks like for the club? And what are your thoughts about playing for Jim McGuinness?
1: Um, the future, honestly, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I know that everyone in the front office is excited about the new hire and the direction that the club's going in. And, and, you know, I'd love to get on board with that and, and, and hopefully say we have a positive future. I, but, you know, I haven't had a, really had a conversation with Coach McGinnis. I haven't really had a conversation with anyone um, in the front office about where the club's going, so I can't. I can't say that for myself. I'm not saying it anything negative or or positive about it. I'm just saying, you know, I don't know because I don't have a lot of information. I, I hope to. I hope that changes in the next couple of weeks as preseason is coming up, and hopefully, you know, I'll get a better vision uh, where I stand with the club, where where the team stands um, going for the future, but um in the in the current current state of things like i can't say too much on it um but i I look forward to you know seeing what coach mcginnis brings to the table seeing how he you know adjusts our culture our style of play um to hopefully be successful in the usl because i think that this club uh, especially coming off of 2017 and the success that they had in the regular season i think that we can build off of that, um, and hopefully make some good signings and, and build some momentum towards a a good 2019.
2: Yeah. Uh, speaking of good signings, uh, how big of an impact do you think Enzo's return will have on the team?
1: Uh, I mean, you can't, there's you can't deny his impact. I mean, he's a, uh, two-time MLS or MVP finalist. And as he should have been, he should have been MVP at least once. Um, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league, without a doubt, and he's gonna—you know—he's gonna bring to the table uh, not just goals and assists-wise, but his work rate, um, his leadership. And I think, especially him coming out of MLS and, and making the conscious decision to come back to Charlotte and help build something, I think that's big—not for not only for the club on the field, but off the field as well. So, hopefully, we can build that momentum both on the field with player signings and um, quality play. Uh, and then as a club take advantage of you know uh, a local kid coming home and uh, who's you know one of the best players in his league and 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 use that momentum to hopefully get more fans in the stands and you know look towards a move uptown
2: yeah cool all right we have some non-soccer questions um that we're gonna ask ben do you want to start those off yeah, I'll take. Uh... You've already <clears throat> posted them on Twitter, so these aren't going to be a surprise. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll go with uh, the first couple here. Uh, do you have a favorite Charlotte area restaurant?
1: Favorite Charlotte area restaurant. Um, I, I'm gonna. You know what I'm gonna go with, and it's gonna be. It's a plug for the Charlotte Independence, but uh, famous toastery. I've recently um i've recently had lunch there and i actually had had lunch there today and it's it's a quality restaurant um i had been there before but i didn't really you know pay much attention but now that i've been there two three times i look at it and uh, the the options on the menu um wide variety healthy and in the foods quality so that's right now that's that's where that's my go-to
0: Nothing wrong with some good breakfast food and that type yeah. of thing. I'm a fan of breakfast food. So, um, back to something else. Uh, did you have a
1: favorite movie of 2018? 2018. Um, honestly, uh, I don't think so. I didn't really. I didn't really watch. I don't have a lot of time to watch a lot of TV or movies. We my my girlfriend and I watched like four thing. We watched Shark Tank. Uh, Impractical Jokers, Jeopardy, and Wheel of Fortune. That's about it. Uh, <laughs> we don't really venture off too much unless there's something on Netflix that you know we must see. I'll, I'll have I, I have a movie of 2018 that I definitely didn't like, and that was Ooh. Bird Box. Um,
0: <laughs> okay, I, for some reason my mind went to Bird Box, so I was curious. So why didn't you like Bird Box? Let's let's open that uh,
1: Pandora's <laughs> box. I just. I just felt like it wasn't I mean it's a movie obviously it's not realistic but like there were just too many parts of that movie where I was just like nah that's not going to happen. Um and I just I don't know I just didn't I didn't really like the plot. I didn't find it very believable and then it just kind of ended and I was like hmm. Yeah, everyone is raving about it. You get your expectations up there, and I'm like, all right, I need to see this because usually Netflix puts out some quality stuff. Um,
2: they really do. I'll, I'll give. I'll definitely agree with that. Have you seen Bird Box, Alex? I haven't, but um, it's mainly just because my wife hates horror movies. Uh, she won't even watch like, like, like the Sixth Sense. She won't even watch stuff like that. Like that's not even. She won't even know. think about watching a horror, like a true horror movie. Um, but no, I haven't seen it yet, and I don't really have much desire to i don't know uh, i don't know what to say. I, just... <laughs> I have seen it in like i kind of feel like brandon where
0: it was super hyped up i felt like everyone and their mother had seen it around christmas new year's time and i didn't watch it i finally went to watch it and i think my expectations were a little lower so they weren't quite as high but like i was like okay it's pretty good i mean it wasn't bad i don't think but like I'll probably never see it again.
1: Let me put it that oh, way. Oh, so, definitely. There's yeah. not, it's not a movie I'm going to go watch again. Um, yeah. Actually, I can th- I can think about more disappointing movies in 2018 than I can think about <laughs> movies where I was like, yeah, I need to see that again. <laughs> mm.
2: Yeah, I I think the key to life in most things is like, if you're like super, super excited about something, just like try to take those expectations down yeah, just a little bit. Because so, like, it's really hard for something to live up to. Uh, super built-up expectations
1: yeah uh, it's pretty Which, rare. i mean props to props to netflix and using the power of social media to get everyone to watch that movie um and i, I mean some people like it it's it's all about preference uh, it just wasn't my cup of tea
2: all right so well, you already told us the, your favorite shows to watch so we can skip that one um and what is your favorite non-soccer activity
1: favorite non-soccer activity actually somebody asked me this the other day and i told him sleeping and i but i don't <laughs> think it's a very good activity it's just, honestly i'm just so i'm just so like busy and everything i do is soccer um bro i just got a puppy so i like Ooh. to just hang out with my puppy um yeah. take her on walks or just like play with her um that's about that's about the only activity i do outside of anything soccer related right now um my my puppy and my girlfriend
2: we are very pro puppy on this podcast uh my dog is we we call her producer sadie because in the old days of the podcast you could hear her running around all the time uh but now that we're in a townhouse she has more room to roam so she's not always in the room with me and jingling and barking and all that so
1: (laughs) well actually you'll see you'll see my puppy at at the games coming up um oh she's gonna my my girlfriend is very intent on making her a service dog and um and so nice. she will she will most likely be at all the home games oh, She would be awesome.
0: the official mascot now
2: apparently
1: yeah exactly <laughs> hopefully she doesn't run on the field
2: <laughs> well yeah we've seen some of those videos they're always cute though
1: <laughs> yeah
2: um our final question is uh do you like beans on toast never had it um my one of my best friends
1: Uh, he's British and he used to tell me about it but I've never had it and I don't think I would like it I've seen it didn't seem appealing Um, so I'm gonna say (laughs) no but I haven't had it
2: gotcha yeah that goes uh, that's a little bit of an inside joke so (laughs) well I really appreciate you taking the time Uh, I know you you said your schedule is crazy uh, and getting crazier so I really appreciate you taking the time, you know, to to chat with us and get to know us and let us get to know you a little bit better. Um, is there we're going to give you a chance to kind of plug all of your places. Is there one place you want everybody to visit just to kind of find your information?
1: I mean, in, you can go visit uh primefocusgoalkeeping.com. Um and follow us on social media at primefocusgk. And um, that's just like I said we're more than it's more than just goalkeeper gloves and apparel. We've got Plenty of interviews with goalkeepers at every level, MLS, USL, international. um, And we've got videos, training videos, highlights, things like that. So we kind of want to just give a whole goalkeeping, uh, I guess, spectrum, just give you everything in one place. Um, Check out the podcast, The Last Line Soccer Podcast. I've got some new interviews coming up soon that I'm excited about. And then you know, Maximum Soccer, uh, our our youth training facility here in Fort Mill. Um, I don't, don't want to say youth training facility because we do have adults that train here as well. So if you guys are looking to get a session in, let me know. Um, but we you know we work with we do individual and, and small group sessions, um, just focused on veteran soccer players improving the individual game so that you can go into a team and, and hopefully excel. Um, but that's that's pretty much it. You know, at maximum, at the max underscore soccer um on facebook instagram twitter uh you know so check out our videos if you want to like them follow us that'd be great um you know just trying to get the word out there
0: cool thank you so much brandon this has been uh very insightful and appreciate the time you took to uh to answer our random questions
1: i appreciate you guys having me let me know we'll we'll get back on i'll I'll have you guys on the last line soccer podcast we can talk a little goalkeeping
2: cool yeah that'd be awesome all right take care you too bye hey everyone this is alex just jumping in here to uh close us out we appreciate everybody for listening to our interview with brandon miller and we really appreciate brandon for taking the time to chat with us and uh hang out with us for a little bit uh he's as he mentioned he is super busy uh so that really meant a lot to us that he would come on the show you guys should uh follow all of his stuff we'll put links to all of his social media accounts uh for both him and his businesses in the show notes you can find us at talking jacks everywhere Um, and again thank you for listening the rest of the podcast that we recorded will be out later this week so we hope to talk to you guys later come on you jacks